Did you know that humans are one of the only animals whose brain develops more outside of the womb than inside the womb? Tap into the psychology of engagement and more. This is where we talk about life, learning, and everything in between. This is the Lifelong Podcast, a show for those of you who love to ask why. Because we're marketers. Because we're coaches. It's because we're change makers. Each week, we dive into the big questions and explore the psychology of engagement with strategies, tactics, and special guests along the way. Now, here's your guide, the visibility hacking queen herself, Coach Molly. Hey, visibility hackers, it's me, Coach Molly from visibilityhacking.com, and you are here at the Lifelong Podcast. So glad you are here to join us. We're going to have a fantastic episode for you today. Today, we're talking about brain development and what that has to do with engagement, and we're kind of going to talk about a whole bunch of different things all together. I'm excited. I hope you are too. (laughs) But before we dive into anything, I want to remind you that you can find me on all of your favorite social platforms. I'm Coach Molly with an E on Twitter and on Clubhouse. Come join me on Clubhouse. We have some pretty amazing conversations from disrupting education to psychology for marketers. And if you're listening to this episode, I think you'll enjoy the Psychology for Marketers show on Clubhouse. So come on over, join me there. And if not, ah, while you're listening to the podcast, make sure that you like, subscribe, download all of your favorite episodes, and most importantly, share this with uh, a friend that you have that might enjoy this topic as well. All right, so let's dive into today's lesson. Lesson, topic, conversation, one way, whatever. We're going to talk about brain development and engagement conditioning. So last week we talked about Mr. Pavlov and his dogs and the idea of classical conditioning. The idea that if we look at our unconditioned stimuli and our unconditioned responses, we can kind of work some magic and create responses, conditioned responses, that are ones that are going to meet our needs which is pretty fantastic. Like think about the way that you can use that as a coach, for example, and how you can actually help change the behaviors of your clients so that they can achieve the results that they've been struggling to achieve for so long. It's all in the brain. It's all just the way that we talk to ourselves um, and the way that we engage with the world around us. So yeah. So in the opening of this episode, I mentioned that humans are wonderful and unique. We really are. Yeah, we're animals and and we have so many connections genetically, biologically, evolutionarily to um, the animals around us. But humans are a step above. We are we are unique. And what's really neat is that the majority of our brain development happens after birth. These little brains were developed in a way that in order to come out into the world through the birth canal, we need to have a small head. So all of that brain development, all of that brain growth happens primarily outside of the womb. And I think that is really neat. That means that each and every one of us, I don't care how old you are, you're still learning, you're still growing. And that's really exciting. So the development is a response. The development of the human brain, 
we now know isn't happening in this protected, safe environment of a womb. It's happening out in the world around us. It's a response to the it's a developmental response to the environment that we find ourselves in and to the associated stimuli that are around us. So we talked last week about classical conditioning and the idea that um, we can create or we have res natural responses to the stimuli around us and then we can also modify those responses as well. So think about all of the stimuli you have around you just right now. Just close your eyes or just casually look around and look at all the different things, things that are making noise, things that are flashing at you, things that are calling for your attention. The advantage above that humans have above the rest of the animal kingdom is that we as humans are intellectually adaptable. We can change our way of thinking to adapt to the environment. That's incredible. Because we as a species can have humans thriving in so many different environments. We can even send, okay, besides the amazing brain power it takes to send humans into space in the first place, what happens to a human brain when they're in space for a year, for example? They start to see their world in a different way. They start to function with that environment around them in a different way than, say, someone who moved from an, the busy inner city to the Amazon jungle, right? It's a new environment. It's full of different stimuli. It's full of new stimuli that we don't necessarily have the appropriate conditioned responses to. Just, I think that's so fascinating. Each and every human is going to develop differently based on the stimuli around them. So if we as coaches and consultants and mentors and educators keep in mind the environments around us are important in our brain development, but they're also going to be different for each and every one of our students or each and every one of our people within our community. How can we then bridge the gap? How can we bring people together at the same time as benefiting from that diversity? Hmm, I, lo I love psychology and brain development. This just absolutely fascinate fascinates me. So in order to develop these bonds, even outside of childhood, like when we're interacting with each other as adults, we need three things. We need the ability to bond with other humans. We need a sense of community. We need uh, to manipulate our physical, okay, three things, three things. We need to bond with other humans, which gives us a sense of community. We need to manipulate our physical environment, like when we're creating tangible results for our people, and we need problem-solving opportunities. Those three things together, mix them together, and that's what creates beautiful brain development. So as community builders, as educators, as coaches who want to be mindful of what's happening in the brains of our people, what we need to do is make sure that we have something built into our experience, our program, our community as giving our people that sense of community. They need to feel like they belong to something, like the people around them are there cheering for them, not like they're there being attacked. Because when we feel like we're being attacked, we're going, our brain chemistry changes. The way that we engage with that stimuli changes. We now are fear-based. That condition, that becomes a conditioned response. Remember when we talked about last week how there's 
how we were we need to create those safe safe spaces within our Facebook groups for example we want people to associate communicating and engaging in our community as being something that's going to make them feel good as opposed to being attacked harassed or trolled right so that's the that's the um prey versus like feeling like we're we're fight or flight versus feeling like we're we're safe and ready to engage and learn so we need to give our people something that they can buy into, something that they feel like they are part of a community, right? We also, the second thing we need is a to be able to manipulate our physical environment. And this is really easy when you're a teacher in a physical classroom with people, right? You can move things around or you can put posters up or, or you can have the kids write their names on the board. But what happens when you're engaging with adults? What happens when you're engaging with adults who are busy running their business? businesses or busy running their lives or their families you, you can't ask them to change to write their name on the board right but changing our physical environment doesn't necessarily mean it needs to change the environment for the entire community the same way when you as a coach or a consultant empower your people to change their own behavior that will have a ripple effect to the way that their home life works to the way that their wider community works and that's that ripple effect that i love so much so we need to be able to empower our people with the tools they need to change their lives we don't need to be creating that change for them we need to be facilitating the tools that they need to do that change themselves so when we empower them with those tools they can then make those changes to their physical environment and that physical environment could mean you change the dynamic between two spouses who have been fighting you change the dynamic between parents and kids who might have had this tense relationship. You change the relationship between and you change the dynamic between your people and the customers that they serve. And you give them the tools that they need to make the changes in their business that are actually going to propel them forward. That's how we change the physical space of our people or we give them the tools to do that changing themselves. And that ties into the third part of this, and that is making sure that we have problem-solving opportunities. Our brains will stagnate if we are given the same stimuli over and over and over again. That's why you hear people go, go absolutely mad when they're put into solitary confinement because they are reduced of all stimuli. They're left with, with the same walls, in the same space, in the same over and over and over again it's the same schedule it's the same lighting it's the same food it's the same people it's the same noises and our brains will really they will just in some cases our brain our neurons the things the cells in our brain will actually die faster because we're not engaging them so we need to give our people not just give them the answers but show them the path and give them the tools so that they can do that problem solving on their own. You know, if you've built your, your coaching practice in a way that, that we do here at Visibility Hacking and, and we can show you, if you join our Visibility Vault, we can show you this process so that you can, in, in, you can put it into play in your business and share that with, with the people that you work with. So if you build your business so that you have a tangible result, you know what you're able to get your people at the end of your program. If you know that, then you know what this path looks like. You build your frameworks that will show them the way, but you're not doing the work for them. 
Maybe you're a done-for-you agency where you actually are doing things for people, but you're not solving all of their problems. Instead, what you're doing is you're letting them recognize that they have a deficit in a skill set or in an amount of time. You're solving that solution, but you're not solving the next problem. You're opening that up. You're giving them opportunities to think about things, to think, all right, what are the contingency plans? What if, what if, what if? It's one of my favorite questions. And we can start to um, kind of go down that imagination road, or you can stick to tangible result. Here's the path. Now you, you go get it. I'll be your bumpers and keep you in line and give you the frameworks you need to get there. So that's, that's the importance of problem solving and giving our people those problem solving opportunities. So now let's talk about why we need to create a space for engagement. Because our people, we're literally strengthening certain connections in our brain when we allow those opportunities. When we give our people the space and the tools they need to draw those strange conclusions or to learn a new skill that they didn't think they needed previously. When we open those doors and we help them solve those problems, we're helping them create those deeper connections in the brain. And the same, at the same time, we're also simultaneously killing off certain brain cells. I know, I just said that we'll kill off brain cells if we don't stimulate our brain, but uh, here's the thing. When we interact with the stimuli around us, our brains are in, there's like two different modes. When we first are introduced to a new environment, our brains are on fire, right? Like they are going as fast as they possibly can. They're trying to learn all of the stimuli around you and assess, is this a threat? And it's going to do that like every couple seconds, honestly. You're not going to be able to rest. You know, when you go to a new hotel, you're on vacation or you're staying over at someone else's house, that first night is so hard to fall asleep because it's an unfamiliar space. It's because your brain is like trying to assess for threats. So, okay, so we know that our brain does that, but that can drive us nuts as well. Constantly being in an overstimulated environment can, can drive us nuts. It can overwork our brain. So what our brains have decided to do over time is once they start to see patterns and things become familiar, that information will actually drop to a deeper level of the brain. We're no longer cognitively thinking about it. This big part of our brain here is where we do all of our thinking. And then the deeper into our brain um, becomes more of our, our older kind of brain, our, our animal brain, all the way to the very center, which is what we call our lizard brain. It's not because we're lizard people. It's because that segment of our brain is also found in reptiles. So it's a very basic level of our brain, that, that limbic system and the very, our lizard brain, it helps us breathe. It helps us stay alive. But lizards aren't thinking about complex ideas. They don't have that neocortex. They don't have that thinking space in their brain. So we go from this thinking space in our brain, what are the threats, what's going on, to it, finding connections and finding patterns, which then allows that information to go deeper into our brain, and it becomes more of an automatic response. Our brain is no longer looking for threats. And that, it's in those patterns that our brain can then kill off some of those brain cells that, that weren't helping us. They were, they were frazzled. They were looking overstimulated. So we don't need those. We're able to condense that information. We use less hard drive space in our brain, pretty much. Um, so that's, that's what's happening. We're both strengthening connections that are important and also killing off the connections that aren't helping us.
And so this is when we have to make sure that we are learning our new behavior, that we're reinforcing that new behavior, and that we, we do that keeping in mind what's actually happening in our brain. So it's important to make these spaces for engagement. And the three things I want you to remember, in, and not only remember, but I want you to build them into your programs. I want you to find a way to make sure that in the way that you engage with your community, be you a teacher, a coach, a consultant, a speaker, it doesn't matter, but I want you to do these three things. I want you to find a space for your people to become part of your community. I want you to build a community. If you don't have a Facebook group or a clubhouse club or, or a big following on your channel, I want you to find a space where your people can come together and be part of something bigger. If you want to make that even more complicated, give it a name. Like you guys, you're my visibility hackers. We're, we hang out on visibility hackers Facebook group and you can be part of it. If you aren't already, come on over, join me at visibilityhacking.com and you can become an official visibility hacker. So find that space for community with your people. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to give them the tools they need to change their physical environment. Change the food that they're eating if you're a health coach. Change their behavior and the way they interact with their spouse if you're a relationship coach. Change what, what they're spending their money on if maybe you're a wealth and finance coach. Cha give them the tools they need to literally change the world around them. And that will lead to the third tip, which is making sure that you're creating problem-solving opportunities for your people. Don't just give them the answers on a silver platter because they're not going to have that same impact and they're not going to stay as conditioned responses in someone's brain as long as it would be if they had come to that conclusion themselves. And the other thing about that is that they have experiences that you don't have. So you want their connections not only to be made, but then to be shared back in that community. That's how we go full circle with this. We create the space that gives them the feeling that they are able to engage. We then give them the tools that they need so that they can change the world around them. And they do that through a problem solving process, which they then reiterate and share with your community so that everyone ends up learning from those problem solving methods. It's not just, here's a library book that has all the answers, go find it and have a good time. We're creating that community so that we all grow together, so that your people will learn to lean on each other, rely on each other, and know that they have it in themselves to make those drastic changes, to make those big impactful changes, even if they start with baby steps. So thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode of the Lifelong Podcast 2021, where we dive in to the psychology of engagement. In other words, this is psychology for marketers. <laughs> I'm your host, Coach Molly from visibilityhacking.com. And if you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, download, share this with a friend and join us at visibilityhacking.com and become an official visibility hacker. Until I see you in our next episode, my friends. I love you. Be excellent to each other.